I'm Steve Duke, and this is the Two Roads Podcast. We're doing a solo episode today. We don't have a guest on the show. I'm going to talk about two things. The first is the biggest misconceptions that I had about my career. Essentially, all the things where I thought, hey, this is the way I think my career is going to go, versus then when I actually get into it and I have a few years of experience, I realize, actually, the real world is very different to what I thought it was going to be, and things happen a lot differently, and the lessons that I learned from that. And then the second thing I'm going to talk about is essentially this tool that I've been thinking about and kind of trying to conceptualize for a while, which is this idea of your personal balance sheet. And it's kind of a mental model for you to help think through like different decisions in your career. And it's really about how do you build kind of assets for yourself, essentially personal assets that are going to allow you to have more opportunities in the future and to take advantage of those opportunities where they crop up. So that's the plan for today's episode. Let's get into it. Okay, so what were the misconceptions that I have had about my career and how it would actually work? So the first one is that I used to think that how people got jobs was by applying on company websites. You go to the website, go to the career section, look at the open roles, send in an application, you then wait to hear back and you roll through an interview process and you get a job at the end of it. Turns out that's just not the way at all. I was actually looking at some stats and something like only like 20% of all jobs in the US are even posted online. And then the second one is like 50% of companies admit that they don't even look at half of the applications that they receive. So essentially, this is not really how you get jobs. And that holds up against my own experience as well. I was looking back at like the jobs that I've had, right? So even even McKinsey, right? So this was the one where I would have technically applied online, but I'd actually built a lot of the relationships already through like spring internships and, you know, these kind of um, like dinners that you go to. So essentially my profile was like already flagged when I put in my official application online. So I was pretty much guaranteed to at least get through to that very first round of an interview. And then the jobs that I got out of after that. So when I was leaving McKinsey, um, I was looking at different jobs and I ended up joining this health tech startup and I was like, how did I actually get that job? And how it happened was I was working with somebody at McKinsey and I'd been kind of telling them that I was thinking about going and doing something else. And they were like, oh, you should talk to my brother-in-law. He's the COO at this health tech startup. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. I should go and do that. I talked to them, got an intro to him, um, had a couple of chats with them and then I got a job. That's how it worked. Similarly, for my job at Wayflower, basically what happened was uh, years ago, before I even had joined Wayflower, there was a guy who had worked at McKinsey, not even when I was there. And I can't remember how I first initially met him, um, but we just kind of like started chatting and he was like, oh, you like, you know, we should we should um, catch up sometime. So I went for breakfast with him one day in Dublin and he had another company before that. And he was like trying to recruit for it. And so I was like, okay, interesting. So I had a chat with him about that, ended up having a second meeting. And I was like, ultimately in the end, I was like, look, this is interesting, but you know, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's the right fit. That was fine. And then kind of just didn't really stay in touch with him that much until maybe two years later, I was in Australia. And one evening I was sitting down on the couch looking at my laptop and this email comes in and it's from him and he's saying like hey Stephen I've got this new business now and we're looking at entering Australia um I see you're in Australia would you be interested in like maybe doing some work or like hearing what this is about and I was like sure like definitely um so I jumped on a call with him and then there wasn't even an interview process I just he was like cool let's go and I just started working with him and 
you know, like again and again and again, this is kind of how I've actually gotten jobs. The last story I have here is like what I'm doing at the minute for, for some work is I'm working with a venture fund where I'm helping them to kind of invest and build mental health companies. And I was reflecting on how did I actually end up getting that opportunity? Essentially, there's a guy who's starting this fund and he had listened to a podcast episode of The Two Roads where I was interviewing one of his mates. And just by chance, he happened to be looking for some support with his venture fund at the time. And so he asked for an introduction to me. And then we kind of had a chat. And from there, I ended up kind of crafting this opportunity with him where I'm able to work on mental health stuff. Um, And, you know, he gets some support with the work that he's doing with the fund. So, you know, it's all really through like people. Um, And whether you like that or not, like that's just the reality of what it is. And so what do you do with that? Well, First, you obviously have to realize it. And then if you're trying to get a new job, if you're trying to break into an area, you need to get into this web. You need to get into this web of people, the ones who are hiring and, you know, get referrals and be in kind of that network of folks so that you are the lucky one who actually gets kind of the, you know, their hand held through this process and gets referred and gets kind of the good side of it rather than just being kind of one of the applications that gets lost in the mix. And so, you know, the takeaway here is like, if you're going for a job, if there's a specific area that you're looking to move into, think about how do you, I, you know, I hate this word network, but it, it is true. Like think about how do you network your way into it? Um, and I've done, you know, episodes in the past about like how to kind of effectively network, but essentially you're looking to add genuine value, like be genuinely interested in people, try and add value to other people like before you need value from them and like, you know, pull on threads, right? So it's like, if you meet somebody interesting in an area that you're interested in, like at the end of it, ask them, it's like, who else should I talk to? And pull on that thread and, and, and go and kind of build this up. And then, you know, ultimately if an opportunity comes up, like they'll think of you and like they'll reach out to you, you know? And, and if you're visible by either, you know, having all these conversations or releasing content on LinkedIn or having a podcast or a blog or whatever else it is, like even at a small scale, it's really going to help you. So anyway, that's kind of my first misconception. Like you don't get jobs through online uh, applications, you get them through people. And once you realize that, you're going to be able to take advantage of it. The next misconception I had was that I thought career progress was quite linear, right? So I thought that I would go into a job and then I would climb the ladder. So essentially I would, you know, do my two years and then when promotion season came around, I would, you know, get promoted and then I would wait another two years and I'd get promoted again. And even if I was to leave like that company, I would leave and then I would join another company at, you know, that comparable level or maybe a slight promotion and then I would work my way up through there as well. Uh, well, the reality is like career progression is not linear at all all. And I mean that in terms of across pretty much every spectrum. So whether that's, you know, you're looking at compensation or even just like general like responsibility um, or seniority, it actually doesn't really happen like that, or it certainly doesn't have to. So the example might be is like, if you look at, um, I was looking at my my compensation before, um, and I talked about this in a previous episode as well. Here's what it looked like over like six years of my um of my career so year one it was flat year two it was flat year three it actually went down 10 percent because i moved country and i moved into a new job year four it went up 20 percent uh year five it was pretty flat so it was like across those first like four or five years like my conversation is actually not really changed like significantly it's like relatively flat and um, but then year six and year seven it actually took a real bump up so it was like you know went up 120 percent in year six and even more in year seven and so 
well, look at the total income that I made across those like seven years, I actually made 50% of it, um, of all of that income in like the last year, um, which is, yes, it's driven by like share options um, predominantly, but it's just like an interesting insight. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily this like linear path that you're always on. Um, and that's especially true if you jump into an area like, you know, startups or um, entrepreneurship where you've kind of got that more variability but i think it's really interesting to kind of reflect on that and that misconception that your career can be very linear and i've seen the same thing like with people where you know they would be in a certain job but then actually they get a new job offer and at a different company and they're able to jump out and you know like either get into like a really senior position or like you know have significant jumps in like their compensation or whatever other metric it is that they care about it might be like their level of seniority um or how many people they're managing or their responsibility but you know they're it's it's not linear linear at all it can often actually happen in you know step functions or you know it can be very flat for a while really there's a lot of different shapes but it definitely is not this like very linear um shape um so what do you do with that insight, right? Like, if that's true and you know that, it's like, how can you actually um, take advantage of it? And I think the biggest thing here is to do two things. So one is to, what they call like, increase the surface area of of look. And really what this is about is making yourself available for for these opportunities, right? These kind of like step change opportunities. And so this is a lot about kind of what I was talking about earlier in terms of like, increasing your visibility and being in you know the right network um and you know putting yourself out there in different ways because like that's the only way that like you actually get these like step change opportunities because they usually like come to you as opposed to the other way around and so if you're open if you're kind of always like having the conversations with people even if you're not thinking about moving jobs right now like you can explore it um you know, that increases like your surface area of luck it increases the chance that one of these cool step change opportunities come to you and then I think the second one, uh, which may seem obvious, but it's like recognize these opportunities where they're in front of you and go after them. Like say yes. I've talked to people before and they kind of get this like cool opportunity that comes to them. It's like, hey, somebody's just offered for me to, you know, move country and go and lead this new division for them in this new country. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether to take it or not. Obviously, there's lots of like factors that go into that decision making process. It's not just about career. It's about a lot of the other elements in your life. But like, you need to realize like this could be a huge opportunity for you. Um, and if you're kind of in a position where you can say yes to these kinds of things and what you're interested in is like this accelerated career progression, you need to say yes. You need to recognize these opportunities. You need to seize them. They don't come along that often, but when they do, you need to take them. It's like, you know, if you ever listen to Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger talk about how they look at investments, like they see a lot of opportunities. They see a lot of businesses every single day, every single week. Um, but it's only very rarely that they see one they were like, oh, that's a great opportunity. I'm going to go after that. So you can kind of use that same analogy for your career and how to think about it and how to create these like step changes, right? It's like you want to see a lot of opportunities. Like that's step one, increase your surface area of look. And then you want to be able to identify when a really good opportunity opportunity comes in front of you and go for it and take it and so the last big misconception that i had around career was that finding out what you want to do and what you find meaningful and fits with your life and gives you a sense of purpose i used to think that that was primarily like a mental exercise that it was about you know me 
understanding what I care about and doing all of the thinking and the pros and cons lists and the brainstorming and all of that stuff to be able to rationalize my way into a path that I really enjoyed. Again, wrong. That's not how the world works um, and it's not how even your own brain works. So what I discovered is rather than having to think your way forward and think your way into a career or a job that you really enjoy, you actually have to build your way forward. And this is, you know, like I talk about this a lot in the divergence course because it's one of the core principles of it. And it's what I've got from these kind of the, the designing your life program that it's created by these Stanford professors where they're like, you need to treat your life and especially your career like you would if you were a designer. And if you're a designer, you don't just sit in a room and think about what the best product or best design is going to be. You do a lot of research, um, but then you go out and you actually test stuff. So you build your way forward. And when I've been able to do that in my career, I've got a lot more insights into what I actually enjoy. And so that looks like a couple of things. But the main one is, you know, prototyping stuff. So when I took some time off at the start of this year and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, like there's only so far you can get by just sitting there writing in your journal and thinking, I'm sure it's important to do that self-reflection, but then you have to go out and try stuff. So at the, different, at the time, there was different things that I wanted to, that I thought I might be interested in. And so I went out and I tested them. One of them was, you know, running a podcast. I was like, I think this is interesting. I, th- I think I might enjoy this. So what I did was, I messaged my friend and I was like, hey, I'm going to record a podcast. I want to do it like this week. I've just ordered the stuff off Amazon. Like, can you come over, you know, on Thursday at 11 a.m. and we'll record this podcast and, you know, we'll just see how it goes. So I did that. And then afterwards I realized I was like, shit, I really enjoyed that. I actually completely lost track of time there for the last 90 minutes. And I could have gone for another 90 minutes um, if we'd had the time. And so I got much more insight into whether I would enjoy that path or not by building my way forward and by actually testing it out. Same thing, I was like, you know, interested in in, in writing more. It's like, okay, well, you know, go and actually write something, like write a blog post, like write a LinkedIn post and actually figure out whether that's something that you enjoy. Like your your ability to like just use your own thought and and kind of rational decision making um, is very limited. Uh, but then when you think about your career as something that you build your way forward in and test things out, you know, and find small ways to test things and prototype and like talk to people and really, you know, go deep and interview them and ask like, what is your job actually like? Like, tell me all about that. Um, and you kind of have this like curious, like learning mindset towards it. Then you're kind of always just testing, learning, testing again and you're like slowly and sh- but surely like moving your way towards this career or this job that you you enjoy and that you find meaningful and that like fits with the rest of your life that you want to live as well so that was my third one it's like you you can't just think your way forwards into a career that you will enjoy you actually have to build your way there instead Okay, the last thing I'm going to talk about today is this concept that I've had in my head for a very, very long time. I wrote a note about this, like something like two years ago, and I was trying to find a way to to explain this concept because it's really been critical to me and how I think about, yeah, my career, but also like more broadly my life and how it helps me make decisions. And it's this idea of a personal balance sheet. So in business, like you're probably familiar um, people have have balance sheets, right? It's like a form of accounting. So you'll have things like a balance sheet, but then you also have a profit and loss. And what you'll often see in businesses is that it's the businesses with great 
balance sheets that really perform really, really well over the long term. And on a balance sheet, you know, in very simplistic terms, you're probably aware of this, but it's where you record, record like your assets and your liabilities. And over time, the businesses with kind of strong assets and not a whole lot of liabilities, they're the ones that succeed because over time what they do is they turn them into profit and, and that's where it shows up in their profit and loss. And that's obviously a super simplification of business and accounting, but it is essentially how it works. And so we, like when, when we think about this in kind of our, our personal lives, there's actually a very comparable analogy. So when we think about our profit and loss that's ultimately you know in any given month or in any given year like what are we kind of earning and 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 what are we spending right and that is yes of course like primarily like financially but then you can also think of it you know for any kind of transaction like how many favors are we are we taking versus versus giving out and then we can also think about our our balance sheet right and so this is essentially how we think about like what assets that we're building for ourselves. And when we look at making decisions around our career, we often very much just focus on our profit and loss, right? So what are the benefits that you might get in that year? The higher salary, the bonus, the extra holidays, maybe, you know, the the extra responsibility, but it's often, you know, kind of like relatively short-term focused. But then if you think a bit more about how it affects your personal balance sheet, this and specifically like how will this decision help you build assets then you might be able to think of things in a different way and so if you think about what your personal balance sheet might look like these are the types of things that are are on it so the first one is you know your skills right what can you actually do and if you take a certain path like what skills are you going to build because those skills are going to last you like a lifetime and in 10 years time like that skill will will still exist on your balance sheet and you don't have to um this is a great thing about a lot of these assets is like they don't um disappear when you use them they often actually get um get bigger whereas you know if you look at your profit and loss like once you make the money like that's it like you've made that money that year but if you quit your job like the following year you don't make the money but when you when you build skills which is one example of an asset on your balance sheet that is that is there forever right and you can then translate that into you know income or or new opportunities in the future Another one is your knowledge, right? So very similar related to skills. Like what areas do you actually have deep insights in? Like what knowledge? And it's only as you kind of get like a little bit further on in your career that you realize this becomes more and more important. It's really interesting. There's this um, there's this whole industry, which is like expert networks, right? Which is essentially, we used to use them a lot at McKinsey where we would be on a project and we would need to learn about a specific industry that we wouldn't know a whole lot about because we were just like these general consultants. And so we would go to these expert networks and we would say, hey, we need to talk to somebody who is an expert in, you know, Brazilian mining. And they would be like, sure, we can find somebody for you. And then they would charge us extortionate fees, like, you know, $1,000 an hour to like talk to this person about Brazilian mining. And we realized is like, that person just has this like knowledge that they've built up over their career. And it's actually very, very valuable. It's like worth $1,000 an hour, apparently. And so what is the equivalent of that? You know, when we think about our balance sheet, like it's okay, maybe you mightn't be doing expert consultations but like you can definitely think about the knowledge that you're going to build and how that might translate into opportunities or income or whatever else in the future 
The third one that I would add to the assets in your balance sheet is a concept of goodwill. So, you know, this exists in real balance sheets on for businesses, but it also exists for um, for you as a, as an individual. And and this is essentially, you know, this sounds very transactional, but it's kind of the best way of describing it. It's like, you know, people that you've done a favor for, right? Like people who owe you one because you've helped them out in the past. And it's not that I, I really don't believe you should kind of ever like just do things for people because and you hope that they're going to give you something back in the future like I, that's not necessarily what i'm saying but it is an added benefit of helping other people out and if you build this up over time if you do if you help people out you know when you know maybe they had nothing to give you like you are building up this goodwill and and it's something that will exist in your balance sheet a great example for this is like if somebody reaches out to you like let's say you're in a job and some student reaches out to you they're like a second year uni student and they're like hey I'm really considering going down this path. Like, would you be able to spare like 15 minutes to have a chat with me or have a coffee with me? You know, there's no real benefit for you doing that, to be perfectly honest with you. Certainly no short-term benefit. Like they probably can't help you out with anything, um, but you are going to generate a lot of goodwill from that. And it's going to be added to, you know, the assets line item of your balance sheet. So a couple more, what else is on your and under your assets and your balance sheet there's your network right we've talked about this a bit already on the podcast but you know the people that you you know like we just said like that most of the opportunities most of the jobs come through people through come through like getting into that network where people are going to refer you or they're going to hear about a job and say hey you should have you should you should talk to this person like they've got a really cool opportunity in there or they're just going to hire you directly and so you want to think about like how are you building up that network over time and you know it's this is not just it's not just people that you technically know or are connected to in LinkedIn, but it's people that, you know, you you have a good reputation with, right? There's this this quote that I've heard before. It's like, what is it? You don't want to be, you don't want to be well known. You want to be known well. And then your last one is your credibility, right? So you you want to build up your reputation um, as somebody who is is able to do stuff right. You want to be able to have this track record of results that you've delivered, you know, and whether that's stuff that ends up on your cv or is just more generally like your reputation as 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 somebody who can get stuff done but also as somebody who's trustworthy who's honest everything else i was listening to a podcast yesterday um with charlie munger and he was talking about this and he was talking about like the importance of trust in in relationships and he was like he would rather do a deal with somebody where they had the, you know, no official like contract or paperwork or anything else but he just trusted them as a person than going and doing a deal with somebody where they had, you know, reams and reams of like contractually, um, you know, contractual obligations and like paperwork that like defined the deal, but at the core, he like didn't trust them. So I think that's another big part of credibility is like, can you develop your credibility as somebody who's trustworthy? And if you think about all these things, like if you're building those up every, every year, you're adding to them, they're compounding, you're essentially just building up this big, balance sheet that that's full of wonderful assets and that over time you're going to be able to then use that balance sheet to to get new opportunities and to turn it into you know benefits for yourself like turn it into your profit and loss statement um ultimately that's it for today hopefully that was a bit helpful for you we talked about kind of the different misconceptions that i've had uh, or that i would have had about my career and some of the things that we can learn from them uh, and then there's also this concept that's been really helpful for me thinking about how to make decisions which is around this idea of a personal 
balance sheet. So if you like this podcast, send me a message. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if you're kind of um, using any of these tips in your own decision making, in your own career, in your own life. And if you want more, you can follow me on socials. So on LinkedIn, follow me at Steve Duke. And then on Instagram, you can get me at the Two Roads Pod, where I post more of this kind of content. Actually, today's episode was based on a couple of LinkedIn posts that I've posted previously. So, you know, if you've been following me, then you may have seen some of these ideas before. And if not, then, you know, you got to get on it and follow me and you'll get the first bite of the cherry. Other than that, I will see you back here next week for episode 45 of the Two Roads Pod. Bye.